in our planning and our praying for this service and these services of recent weeks. This song was chosen deliberately because today's lesson has to do with a series of sermons as we speak to you about our mission and vision. And they might have it on the screen and it's available on your worship folder. South Metro Ministries exists to help people find love, growth, and purpose. I preached to you about love. It's my second sermon on growth. This will be the fourth sermon in the series the next Sunday on purpose. And, and this song says, I want to know you deeper than before. There's a level in God beyond the entrance level of conversion. Did you hear what I said? Thank God for the entrance level in the kingdom at conversion. But there are heights in Him and depths in Him that are yet to be reached but available to us. And I hope by the grace of God, Pastor Chad, that that song is repetitive in my mind today. You know how you get a song in your head? That is not just a song, choir. That's a prayer. So as they transition, reach your hands in my direction and ask God to anoint me for the purpose of the Word today. Would you pray with me and for me? Father, I need you today and we all need you. We're not here to fill a building, decorate a chair with our presence, and do our social obligation. We're here because we are in need of a divine visitation, transformational visitation. And I'm but a vessel, and so are the rest of us, God. Some of us, the de- uh, Satan says, don't go. We came on anyhow, and you've not disappointed us. It never is that you will disappoint us, God. The problem is, I often disappoint you. Away with that, Lord. I wanna, I, I'm asking you for so much and sometimes give you so little. But today, I want to get, get it right. I want to grow in you. And we all together. The church say amen. If you'll remain standing a moment, only one scripture to launch the lesson. There are other references I'll give you. But it's Second Peter chapter number 3 and verse 18. And it simply says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you indulge me in an account of three? Would you read it out loud with me in unison? One, two, three. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I will preface this and mention it again, but because we do church membership opportunity, but once every three months, that occasion of church membership class is this Wednesday evening. It'll be in the ministry building. If you're interested in church membership, who we are, what we believe, why, where we're going, then you're invited to come and join me at 7 o'clock. And you will learn more about it. And then Sunday, next Sunday, we will give opportunity for membership. I begin this lesson this morning by saying to you, or phrasing the introduction in a question. And here is the question. Did you know that growth is not beneficial in every circumstance? For example, 
There are some things that we absolutely do not want to grow or increase because we are not properly equipped to handle it or them. Let me clarify. As you perhaps and I, we like the outside of our homes to look nice and with particular reference to a, to a, to a yard that is green in the spring and summertime, maybe green all year long. Well, if you like to garden, you're thinking about it's going to be spring soon and we need to put out some stuff. Now, here's what happens. When I do the yard or hope to do a garden, I do not want weeds to grow. But I have discovered weeds grow in my lawn and occasional garden without me helping them. Uh, occasionally I have a yard service come in and fertilize, aerate. And you know, while the grass gets greener and richer, the weeds get fatter and richer. I don't want that. Let me move you to another reference, please. There are some things we don't want to grow. For example, uh, I don't want my, my health to deteriorate prematurely or any time. So the doctors told me for my height, I need to be a certain weight. The doctors told me for the history of uh, certain uh, issues in my family's genealogy, for example, cholesterol and high cholesterol, they're, they're, there's a reason why you don't need to be a certain weight or, or indulge in certain kinds of foods. So the older I get, however, it seems like the more of my teeth, are sweet. All of them are. You ever heard somebody say, I have a sweet tooth? I have a whole mouthful of it. And, and the older I get, the more I look at food, the more it attaches itself to me. And I don't want to grow like that. Here, here's another thought. I don't want disease or affliction to grow in my body because if it's left unattended, it can adversely affect my lifespan. The same is true for you. Hey, there are no exceptions. Let me tell you, I am working on my doctorate at Regents University, and this is going to be so profound, it'll, it'll knock you off your chair. I have discovered, Charles, that one out of one people die. Yeah, I don't care how you respond. If Jesus tarries, we're going to have your service. And if he tarries, you're going to have mine. I don't want to hasten that day. If we all are going out, let's go into rapture. But I, I want to be able to, I used to, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I didn't care about certain vegetables. 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, I couldn't even pronounce them, much them, taste them. But now I realize that vitamins are good for me. Exercise is good for me. I realize it even, even better. I, I realize that, uh, that I need to see the doctor ever so often to have certain tests done because it's healthy. I don't want sickness to grow on me. I, I need to continue and tell you that there are times in our lives that we don't want our responsibilities to grow because we already have our plates full and we're already overwhelmed. We're multitasked so much until we're driving ourselves into a frenzy because we've got so many irons in the fire, we can't take on another responsibility. Can I get an amen? Sometimes saying to your family members or your friends or others, no is a very good word. I'm preaching better than you shouting, but I hope you'll catch up. 
we, we should, there are times we simply should realize that we, we can't do this. Don't make any promises you can't keep. But I've come to you this morning with the word of the Lord to inform you of a kind of growth that will always be advantageous for you. I want to talk about a kind of growth that you can handle, that one you'll never get too much of. The more you get this kind of growth, the more you want it. It's a growth that Peter talks about in the book by his name, and the reference is 2 Peter 3 and 18, I read to you. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Pardon me if it's a given and no-brainer, but let me tell you, you can never get too much of Jesus. Can I get an amen? There will never come a time in your walk with God where you attain such height and depths of spirituality where you say, enough, Lord, I've arrived. I'm going to sit down in my recliner with my remote because i got all the devils under my feet, all the demons cast out, all the biblical knowledge I need. No, as long as you and I are housed in our flesh, we're going to face the enemy of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and we're going to have to put on the whole armor of God every day. And that's why Peter says, and others, grow in the grace and the knowledge knowledge of God because it's there to help you succeed, win. Now, let me say this to you. Put it on the screen. Growth is a doctrine found in the Holy Scriptures. Here are just a few references. In 1 Thessalonians 3 and 12, the Bible says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you. I know this about Alan Matura. I can do a little more increasing in love for other people. Can I get a witness if you're part of that crowd? Look at 1 Thessalonians 4 and 10. The Bible says, but we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. It doesn't mean that you increase more and more, and it's not wrong with increasing more and more in your educational advances, in your career advances, in your relational. Nothing wrong with that, but he simply says, I want you to increase more and more in God. In growth. Look at Second Thessalonians 1 and 3. Because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. And so the Word of God tells us in more than one occasion that growth is necessary. Spiritual maturity is necessary to be a Christian and a disciple of Jesus and one who Helps expand the kingdom. I'm reading from 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3 from the New International Version. It's on the screen. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babes, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Did you hear me? The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And now that you have tasted for some time, some of you have been on this journey a year, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. When you were first born into the kingdom, you were like a newborn babe And newborn babies in the natural are geared to desire the milk for their nourishment. 
Paul says, desire spiritual milk. Uh, uh, Let me say this to you uh, concerning this scripture. And uh, I read it this morning as I was practicing for this sermon. And I I read it from the Fire Bible, the Global Study Edition. I looked up 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3. And here is what the uh, editor says or what the editors say regarding this verse, a passage of 1 Peter 2, 1 and 3. Listen to it. I don't have it on the screen. But listen to what it says. New Christians, as well as those who've known God for a long time, must never lose their spiritual appetite and hunger for the pure nourishment of God's Word, for it's a source of life. Listen further. A sure sign of our spiritual health is a deep desire to feed on the living and enduring Word of God. For this reason, we must be alert of any loss of hunger and thirst for God's Word due to wrong attitudes or being choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasure. Let me say this further. Only by spending time in God's Word will you be able to grow up in your salvation rather than remain a spiritual infant or immature child of God. Somebody ought to say amen. Now, now here's what I'm going to do. I want to teach you here for a few minutes and and, and tarry with me, okay? Because tomorrow is President's Day and some of you have the day off and all you're going to do is go home and after you eat and go on the couch, okay? So let me give you some food. Give you some food. I'm going to tell you about my journey of growing in the Lord. And I'm going I'm to give you the disclaimer. The disclaimer is, I'm not perfect. This is just my story, okay? The disclaimer is, I've not arrived. I'm still on a journey. But I'm going to tell you what works for me, because one of my calling and responsibility is to grow the church, not just numerically, but I am to help you grow in the Lord. I'm a shepherd will do that. Can I, can I get an amen? I'm happy to grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. So I'm going to tell you my story. I'm going to tell you what the basics of the ingredients for spiritual growth, spiritual maturity is the title of today's message, spiritual maturity, basic ingredients. Number one, and it's a no-brainer, but I need to say it because we cannot say it enough. In order to grow in the Lord, we must practice a lifestyle of prayer. Where do you get that, Pastor? Well, I think you already know. There are many references in Scripture to prayer, but in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, the Bible says, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Well, I fainted twice in my life, and I didn't like either time. I'd rather pray. Look at what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without what? Ceasing. Uh, illuminate, Brian, if you will. Illuminate the floor level. I'm, I'm going to come down there amongst them. Praying without ceasing, and I don't want to speak below the level of your intelligence, but I just, want to be, I just want to be plain. doesn't mean that you resign yourself to be a hermit or a recluse or go to some convent or monastery and spend the rest of your life praying. There's enough stuff for you to spend the rest of your life praying. But praying means that, that, that I pray, I have a time of devotion with God, a personal time. For me, my time of, with God is every morning, first thing in the morning. I don't know when yours is, but I tried the end of the day thing, praying and spending time with God, Charles, and oftentimes the Lord will wake me up and say, by the way, were you speaking to me? Because I fall asleep. I'm too tired. I can't concentrate. Then occasions I do fall asleep in the morning and get a little more sleep, and he wakes me up and says, okay, now you can keep. But here's the point. Everybody who is born again needs a God and me time, meaning God and you time. 
Did, did you hear what I said? A marriage is never going to... That's why yesterday was Valentine's Day. Because that somebody decided along the way that while every day should be Valentine's Day for married couples, there should be a day where me and you, meaning Valerie and I, for 36 years of being married, we spend a little me time together. Unfortunately, I did a funeral yesterday and went to the hospital and we didn't have a me time. But I saw Sammy and Deanna in their car and... I knew they were going on a date because Samley usually sits on the driver's side when he's driving. But sure enough, the man was sitting in the middle next door to Deanna. <laughs> Mr. Bird, what are you putting your head down for? I, I saw you. You know how these, these guys, you know, he got four children. And he's, he's probably in his 40s. How old are you, bro? Well, anyhow, the man's supposed to be driving the car. He's doing this kind of number, you know, like he's Mr. Cool. And I figured he's going on a date. Their names, the last name is Bird. They're called the Lovebirds. She, she's brought him up ever since he was a boy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My point is, they, they were headed out having four children for some me time. That's healthy for a marriage. Well, five of your marriages are successful. So uh, it's, healthy for, it's healthy for mothers and daughters, fathers and sons, some me time. And if that is healthy in the natural, can you imagine, brothers and sisters, how healthy it is for God and us, God and you, to cancel our calendar, cancel our agenda, and say, before I talk on the phone, or I text, or I email, or I do whatever else, I and God need time together. Somebody help me here. You have that time, and then, then... In the course of the day, you think about something while you're driving and you pray. You don't have to pull off the road. You're at your office cubicle or wherever, and you pray because God says, pray for Alan today. Or pray. That, that's what pray without ceasing is. Now, here's what works for me. I pray in the morning, and, and I take along a notepad. I take along a journal. I have my journal here. And, and I, I pray... Give me, the next, give me the next point. Here's how you grow in the Lord. Not only do I pray, but I take my Bible and daily Bible reading and devotions. I know this is so elementary, but I can't let you take it for granted because you never run out of the need for the Word of God. Get this analogy. Get this analogy. As your blood in your veins, physically right now, your blood in your veins, excuse me, is vital to the heartbeat and the functions of your organ in the natural. So is prayer to your spiritual life. Prayer is your bloodline to God. And the next thing is the Word of God. You will leave here and go have lunch. And unless you're fasting, you need to eat every day. Twice or three times a day. Because if, if you don't eat and take nourishment and the proper nourishment, your body will send you signals that we're shutting down. If you have certain uh, medical uh, propensities, uh, medical disorders like diabetes, you must be sure that you take in the right nourishment at the right time because you could put yourself in jeopardy. So it is with the spirit man, the spirit woman. You've got to have the bread of life. So I, I take my Bible with me. I take, and, and after I pray, I, I'm, I'm reading the Bible through every year. And I've invited you for the last 27 years to do it with me. 
So starting this year, and I don't, I don't want you to, please don't think I think I'm so much a holy guy. This year will be 28 years that I've read the Bible through, and I love reading the Bible through. I, I started doing it because somebody challenged me, a minister, and challenged us, and I thought, okay, I'll do it. And then I got to thinking, you know, I'm a minister. This is the book I'm going to use until Jesus comes or I die in the Word. I need to know the book. Can I get a witness? If you're a cook, it helps to have some recipes. Woo! Can I get an amen? Huh? And so I, I'm telling you that my wife brought me this thing. What is this called? Honestly, I can't remember. iPad mini. I didn't have one before, nor did I ask for one, but she knew she wanted to take me to the next level. So I got this, and I read my Bible. I punch in my code here to keep access, uh, get access. How does this thing work? Uh, and and here, here I am, here I am, right? That's the Word of God. That's the Word of God. Numbers chapter 18. Charles, I take this manual, this thing, United in the Word, and today I will read Numbers chapter uh, 19 to 21. I'll spend about 15 minutes reading every day. I check it off, and, and I close it up. And, and I got the Word right there. But I got, my, I got Bibles everywhere. And, I, and I'll write down. I, and here's something else I do. Oh, because, because you see, if you don't, it, you can go as high in God as you want to, or you can stay right where you are. It's up to you. You get to decide how close you want to get to God. Because he ain't moved. Or how far? Now, in other relationships, people draw the line. They don't let you come so far. And that's probably good. I'm not, I don't know. But with God, you get to decide whether you want to be on the level of the dirt or the level a little higher or like the corn stalk that's got corn coming out of it or you want to be a whole corn field. Okay, this little Indian is doing some mighty good preaching. And the only reason, the only person that should not be shouting is Pastor Eduardo because he don't speak English. But the rest of you all, where are you? Now, I want to tell you what works for me. Two years ago when I suffered a, a major setback, depression, anxiety, panic, $8.1 million project. If that don't kill a preacher, what will? Thank God for Pastor Jeff. Somebody gave me this book called Jesus Calling. Are you all acquainted with it? It's a daily devotional by Sarah Young, and it's written as if Jesus was talking to you. Every day I read it. I've, I've given away bunches of these. It costs about 10 bucks, but I invested in people. You can get them. You can go on Christian book distributors and, and order them, and they, that's a play. Oh, Amazon. But today is February 15th, and it begins with this. It says, come to me with all your weaknesses, like Alan, he said, Alan, come to me with all your weaknesses, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Rest in the comfort of my presence and remember that nothing is impossible with me. And just about uh, another minute reading. And then it says to me, it tells me, go look up Luke one twenty seven. I go look it up and I find it and then I write it in my journal. But it takes a lot of work, then it pastor. No, 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 no. So let me tell you this. If you'll work it, it'll work. If you're hungry, you'll, you'll go find food. If you're thirsty, you'll you, you pay the price. Luke one twenty seven. this is my journal. I, I've been writing to God here. I got some of y'all's name in here too, by the way. Luke one twenty seven says, For with God, nothing will be impossible. That's going to help me today. Can I, can I get a witness? I, I, I'm telling you, do not circumvent daily reading of the Word. 
Put it on the screen for me. Let me tell you about the power of the word. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. Put it on the screen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. How many know occasionally we need instruction in righteousness? That the man of God and the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You have come to South Metro Ministries this morning. This is your gas station. You have come so you can grow. And I'm telling you what to do. You remember the days when they used to have gas station attendants? I came to America in 1968. They had gas station attendants. They had a nice little outfit, this shirt with their name on it, little cap, and they'd come and wash your windshield and pump your gasoline and, and, and check the air in your tires and your, your, your you know, fluid in your, uh, uh, in your oil. And they'd, they'd, they'd go get the dipstick. Some of you don't even know what the dipstick is. It's the person sitting in the passenger side of your car. <laughs> just, just kidding, just kidding. Very little humor. But now, now we got this kind of uh, uh, self-service, okay? And you pump your own gas. I, I'm today, I, I, this is your fuel station called South Metro Ministry. I am your attendant at the gasoline station. And I'm here to shine up your windshield with the Word of God so you can see clearly. I'm here to fill you up with the Word of God so you can cast the devil out another week. I'm here to light your fire so you can go out and light up the world with the love of Jesus. Help me praise and put your hands together. Here's, here's a third thing about growing in the Lord. You need to be baptized in water. If you ain't been baptized in water, you need to get baptized. Jesus, the Son of God, was baptized by his cousin John when he didn't need to be baptized. Why was Jesus modeling baptism? Because of what it means in the life of the disciple. Water baptism is a public testimony of a private decision that you made to follow Jesus Christ. Water baptism represents when you go under the water, it represents you being buried to the world, the flesh and the devil, and the old life. And when you come up out of water, you come up as a new person, symbolically risen with Christ. Help me praise him here, somebody. Give me this one, Brian. I don't know why I got to yell, but I got the spirit of yell. Water baptism. Can I get to heaven without it? Yes, you can if you're the thief on the cross. He didn't have a chance, choice. Why wouldn't you want to be baptized? We wear all these T-shirts and put on all this jewelry and, and we all buy all this apparatus and paraphernalia about our favorite teams. Why not? Let the world know I'm a child of the king. Why don't, when we have the next baptism service, why not invite your mama and your daddy and your friends and your neighbors and say like the Apostle Paul, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Pardon my grammar, but where God found some of you, he found you in a hell hole. And it's time for you to announce to the world, I'd have been dead and lost and in jail or six feet under. But because of Jesus, I live and will live eternally. And I'm not ashamed to be baptized. 
My, put the screen, Acts 2 and 38, Acts 2 and 38, and Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Point number four, if you want to be a mature Christian, then you need to receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to apologize for that. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's biblical. We live in the Baptist belt of the South. And a lot of you used to be Baptists, but God created a greater hunger for you. I'm not saying that they ain't hungry, but these, you make a good Pentecostal now. You, you, started, you wasn't going to come here, and when you came, you're going to sit on the back row. Because you didn't want none of them dust. They sprinkle on people and make them go, blah, 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 whatever they go. Yeah, y'all used to criticize us. You got full of the Holy Ghost. And some of you are not snoring sleep. You've been in it so long while I'm trying to preach. You sit back there somewhere in a, in a dark place in the church thinking, I can't see you, but I got my radar on you. Some of y'all who had the Holy Ghost before need a little more Holy Ghost. I'm telling you as your shepherd, you need it. I can't get an amen or oh me out of some of you old Pentecostals. You've been in it so long, you're waiting for somebody else to shout. Some of y'all make me mad. You can hoop for your team, hoop for your grandkids, hoop for everything else, and I'm trying to preach my liver out, and you act like I'm some kind of potted plant here. If I say something good, you ought to say amen. If I say something not so good, you ought to say oh me. But bless God, I ain't here just to make you happy. I'm here to tell the truth. And you ought to clap. You ought to praise. You ought to worship God because this is the house of God. Not because I need my ego pumped. That's good preaching. Some of you are sitting around over there looking at me like you done paid your ticket and I'm supposed to entertain you. I ain't going to entertain you. Yeah, that's good. Now I woke you up. Some of you, some of you been in this so long, you dried out. You need some fresh oil, fresh fire. Talking about how, how it used to be. I remember the days when we used to be, we stay at church so, for so long and, all, and now you can't hardly stay for 12 o'clock because your belly's growling and you got golden corral on your mind. But, but, but Eduardo, I've been here 30 years next month. I've earned my way to tell this crowd. I've carried their junk for a long time. You carried some of mine, but let's grow up. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. There, there, there's, there's a reputation out there, a bad image about Pentecostals put out by other churches, mainly the Baptists. You beating the Baptists? Yeah. I can't beat them to the restaurant, so I might as well beat them up at the pulpit. The Baptists have two agendas, eternal security and no baptism in the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching it. Whether you like it or not, the doors are locked. You're here. Once you get saved, you're always saved. Well, it's hard to lose your salvation. It's difficult. God will forgive you. But you can. Out of your own choice to get saved, out of your own choice, you can choose to curse God. Read your Bible before you come emailing me and telling me, okay? And if you get, you know, some people have left this church because I told the truth and they didn't want to go look it up. If everybody's going to heaven, everybody's saved, why did Jesus die on the cross? 
Every time we repeat our sin repeatedly, repeatedly covered by grace, we are stepping over the blood and the cross of Jesus Christ. When we know to do good and we're not doing it, we have sinned and we need to repent. And then the Baptists and the Methodists have said about we tongue talkers, it's a bunch of gibberish. We make it up. And it's of the devil and it went out. It went out. With the New Testament church. I, I, I have a lot of books by Charles Stanley. And I admire Charles Stanley. But he's dead wrong on the Holy Ghost. I've heard him teach and, and besmirch the Holy Spirit baptism as we Pentecostals. Saying that we're trying to psych you all up. And, and, all, and I, I respect Charles Stanley. And I thank God for his ministry. But he's wrong as the day is long on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There are over 500, 600 million people baptized with the Holy Ghost. wasn't Charles Stanley's idea, nor Billy Graham, and I respect him. But John the Baptist, put it on the screen for me. John the Baptist said about the coming of Jesus and the Holy Ghost. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And sometimes there will be tongues too. Tongues is part of the gift, but it ain't the only gift. And you don't have to talk in tongues to get to heaven, but you can talk in tongues to fight the devil. And when you come to this church, you will not be talking in tongues out loud, everybody at the same time, confusing everybody and screaming it out. You can pray privately at your chair out loud, but you hear yourself. There'll be time when the Lord will give the whole church a tongue and somebody will, will give it and we'll be quiet and get interpretation. But there won't be ten of that going on in every service. There won't be more than three because it's confusion. Paul says, I want to instruct you in 1 Corinthians 14, how to practice the gift of tongues, not how to throw it out. Oh, Charles, feel some of that. It feels good, doesn't it? I'm just trying to tell you, grow up. Get baptized in the Holy Ghost. I got books. I got materials. I got tapes. I got CDs. Don't go throwing the baby out with the bathwater because somebody said something about something that you don't understand. Learn. Grow. Get filled with a... They used to say about us, and back back 100 years ago, I mean, even now, that we handle snakes. Pentecostals, you bring a snake over here and I'll, I'll slap the daylights out. I'll make the snake bite you and let you go on to heaven. Don't you bring no snakes here. Because we don't test the death. We don't tempt the Lord. If you accidentally handle a snake like Paul on the island of Malta when they're starting to fire, God will keep you. Okay? But don't bring no snakes to South Metro Ministries because i got ushers who are equipped to escort you out into another county. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I don't mean to insult you, and I'm not trying to, but some of you are settled down. and You pitch your tent in mediocrity. You pitch your tent. You used to speak in tongues. You used to be on fire for God. You used to work in missions. You used to sing in the choir. You used to come to prayer meeting. You used to come to Bible study. But somebody told you you done went and graduated. You never graduate with the power of God. You go higher and higher and deeper and deeper because God's love and his mercies and his gifts are immeasurable. Somebody clap your hand and praise God. I'm going to run the risk of you all misunderstanding me. Listen to me. I have graduated from Lee University with a bachelor's degree. Over the years I wanted to grow so I've graduated from Georgia State University with a master's of education degree. Because I want to grow. 
2003, I graduated from the Pentecostal Seminary with a Master's of Arts degree in church leadership. I got so many degrees, more than a thermometer. And I'm working now on my Doctor of Ministry degree because I want to be a doctor of the church. And when I get this degree, it won't increase my salary by one cent. And nobody's going to promote me because that ain't what it's about. It's about me doing my best and being the best pastor and shepherd. I'm going to celebrate my 30th year with you all next month, but I ain't near finish. (laughs) And if you conduct some of my service when I die, hand me the microphone in the casket. I have a few more words I want to say. It's kind of being silly in it. My wife, my wife prays off the silly anointing off of me. <laughs> Charles, it, it makes her really worry when I get off of this nonsense. She asked me in this in a study before. She said, "Did you tell jokes uh, one t- uh, one fourth of the service and preach the other three fourths?" I said, "No, honey, no, no. I told jokes three fourths of the service and preached one fourth. I said, but when I let the hammer down, I let it down. Didn't I? Didn't I, brother? You ever seen that movie, uh, Mary Poppins?" Spoonful of sugar makes the medicine. That's what I'm doing with y'all. I'm going to let you laugh a little bit. I'm going to tell you the truth. Some of your fires are gone out. You need the Holy Ghost. You need to find you an altar somewhere and pray through again. You got grandkids that are lost. You got kids that are lost. Your marriage ain't the best. You're, not, you're modeling everything else but the Holy Ghost. Grow up. I don't mean to be mean. I'm just, okay, give me the next slide. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. You want to you grow in the Lord? Be faithful in church attendance and in membership. Let me tell you something. You will never find a perfect church. Because imperfect people attend and imperfect people shepherd it. We are not the only church that's going to heaven. We don't believe the church of God is the only church. The good Baptist churches and good good other denominations. Methodists, Lutheran, good Christians everywhere. So don't leave here with the opinion or notion that I think that the Baptists are not doing a good job and the Methodists are not. I'm saying they, they bring you to a certain level. Just like I'll bring, I can bring you to the water, but I can't make you drink. And so, so we, got this, we got this business going on in the church world today, alternative options to worship. I, I'll stay home and watch T.D. Jakes. I love me some T.D. Jakes. He's my favorite preacher. And I listened to him this, this week on the treadmill. Put out, use my iPod. Is that what it is about, iPod? iPad with the iPod, with the iTunes. With, I don't know what it is. I just listened to D.D. Jakes with the earphones. And he preached on the subject, feed what's feeding you. He said, if you, uh, he didn't, I don't know what restaurant. He said, but you don't go to a certain restaurant. I'll just say for the sake of illustration. You don't go eat at Cracker Barrel and go pay O'Charlie's. You feed. You try doing that, and O'Charlie's and Cracker Barrel. O'Charlie's will be glad, but a Cracker Barrel will throw you in jail. It's good to get you listen to your podcast, but it ain't church. Like God intended. It's good to have small groups. We have small groups. It's not meant to take the place of church. No. I'm not against it. I, we, we spent, listen to this, $1,800 a month for live streaming. 
And if it ain't working for us, if I find out some of our members are staying home making church out of live streaming, I'm cutting it off. I ain't asking for your vote. And if you're listening to me here today, you're the one. The only reason I hadn't cut it off before, and Pastor Jeff knows my spirit about this, is because there's some folks in California, some folks in Trinidad, elsewhere. But I'm not creating live streaming for you to forsake, put on the screen, forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Hebrews, put it on the screen for me, please. The scripture. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. There are some places where they can't have church like this. In parts of the world because they could, they could be killed. That's a different story. I'm talking about America. I'm talking about America. And I'm talking about Europe. Other places where, well, I, I, I tune in the podcast. I, I go to the small group. I went to a Christian rock concert. You didn't do the such. Because Christian rock is an oxymoron. What are you, either Christian or rock? I like to stir it up. Don't you? I'm, I'm, I'm called to stir it up. I, I don't mind the contemporary music being of. Uh, I'm just simply saying, I went to a concert, so therefore I don't need to go to church. That ain't it. That's not what the church is about. The church is we gather together and we edify one another and we encourage one another and we pray for one another and we make connections with one another. Can I, and we come under a, ba- a banner and a covering. We send out missionaries together. Home church can't do that. And television pastors out there, they may send them out. But we're going we to connect with Pastor, with Reverend Eduardo along the way. And we're going to help him build some churches and send out some missionaries because we don't live in that part of the world and we don't speak that language and we're not called to go there. But as a church, two is better than one and five is better than four and a hundred is better than fifty and a thousand is better than five hundred I'm telling you the church is designed by God and we ought to assemble together in the name of God and do the work of the church the TV the podcast the TBN the CBN all wonderful they're meant to complement to complement the work of the church not to substitute it next point please Come to the music. They'll think I'm quitting. Giving of tithe. No, don't come to the music. I like this one. Giving of tithe and offerings is God's way of growing you as a Christian spiritually and growing you financially. I don't have time to cut all the verses. Put on the screen for me. Malachi. The Word of God says it, and I don't preach it. I just make it plain for you. And these people who run the media, don't blame them because they don't ever know if I'm going to point four or point fourteen. I don't have fourteen today. I have thirteen. No, I don't. Bring all the tithe, come to the music, all the tithe into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there will not be room to receive it. Well, that's Old Testament. You are, if you think that because now you're living under grace, and that was Old Testament, and you excuse, you don't know the Bible. You're just stingy and selfish and greedy and don't want to give what belongs to God. The only people who get mad about people preaching tithe and offering are those who are grouchy, stingy, and thieves. No apology. Don't email me because I have a delete button. That's the Old Testament. Let me show you the New Testament. Give! And it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over. 
what man put in your bosom. For the same measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. One of the hardest things I do is come every Sunday and have to look at some of you when I take up the offering. Because it's like I'm talking to somebody who tunes me out. And I have to beg for money for ministry around the world and for this church when you are stealing from God. And if you're mad at me, take it up with God. Obedience to God doesn't mean you take your Bible and choose where you want to obey and omit the parts that you don't like. This ain't no Cracker Barrel or Country Buffet where you choose what you want and you don't. If you're going to be mature in Christ, you're going to give God what's His first. I ain't running for no office and I'm not trying to build a mega church. I'm trying to build you. And I'm trying to tell you that some of you come here every Sunday and you get fed and you don't even tip God. You walk out of here and you want us to bury the dead and do the weddings and dedicate the babies and take care of the kids. And Brother Eduardo comes and he ministers. We, have, we, we support missionaries. Last year we gave about $200,000 to World Missions. Who do you think pays for these light bills? Who do you think pays for, for the mortgage on the church? I don't want to have to borrow the money, but I've been here 30 years and I wasn't waiting for you to pay the bill. Because if it was, I'd be dead and we'd be in a little hut down the street. Anybody hearing me? I'm not mad. I'm not mad, but I'm tired of feeding babies who should already, who should be adults already, okay? And that's part of giving. I'm not mad, and I'm not going to apologize. I'm simply telling you, my friends, that you are, you are withholding the honor of God from blessing you. You come here, and you get fed, and you go, and you spend 50 to 60 bucks to feed your family. Won't even give God $5. Won't even give Him 10% of your income. And you got some kind of way, well, I don't like Allen. I don't like South Metro. I don't I don't know what they're doing with my money, so I'm not giving there. Let me tell you this. God, you give your, I give my money to this church and other places, and I let God take care of those who are handling it. If it's right or wrong, God, I, my part is to obey. Anybody hearing me here this morning? Okay, so come and understand. We, we owe five... We owe $5.1 million. Our mortgage is 34000 a month. I remember when I came here 30 years ago and we owed $70,000. My first Sunday, there was 39 people in attendance. And after they heard me preach, attendance dropped. That's church growth. Well, listen to me. I'm not mad at you. I'm just going to be very plain if you want to grow up. Okay? If I was waiting on some of you all... To go forth in the vision God's given me and to be financed, we'd be dead as a duck, a dead duck. I don't need your money. And I'm not being cocky. And God don't need your money. What kind of God would need your money who's got streets of gold, walls of jasper, gates of pearls, cattle on a thousand hills and the taters under the hills? He's got you in mind when he tells you to give. Last year I went to preach for my son-in-law, J.C., in Germantown, Maryland. Not far from D.C. And I say that because these brothers may not know where he is. But you know Pastor J.C., my daughter Kimberly. And they don't have church today because they're snowed out and iced. But I went to his church and they were, they, they were meeting in the theater. They paid a theater to meet. And when I went there that Sunday, nobody said nothing about no offering. Nobody took up an offering. Nobody said, this is where the ushers are. Nothing. And, 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 and J.C. and I have chatted about it since. And he called me a... A couple months ago, and he was talking about how the, the income is 
in the churches, they have to spend $2,000 a week just to rent the theater. They need $7,000 a week to run the church. And they have people who are volunteering who should be on staff, but they don't have the money. And, and he's just growing, and I'm his mentor and his father-in-law, and I like a father to him. And, and I said, J.C., here's where part of your problem is. See, he wants to be seeker-sensitive. And, and I hear people being seeker-sensitive, newcomers, first-timers. We don't want, they, before, as I take up the offering, we don't want your first-time guests to give at all. You don't have to give at all. Not here. This may be your last time. After you hear me preach, I want you to leave a good impression. Write a fat check. Leave mad if you want to, but leave something to show that you've been here. Seeker-sensitive, my foot. So we don't want to offend you. The ushers will be quietly, discreetly at the back with the buckets as if they're embarrassed. I said, JC, let, let me help you, son. Giving is an act of worship. I said, giving is not a byproduct. Or if we have time, or if you, it's an act of worship. Sheketi lababas. For the last three or four Sundays, he's been meeting his budget every week because they deliberately take time in the service to tell people. A, a woman came up to me after the first service and said, God told me this this week, Pastor, give me a word and he wants me to give it to you. God told me that we ask so much of God as Christians and give him so little in return. You don't have to be a tither to join this church. You don't have to be a tither to be a worshiper here. But if you want to be blessed, if you want to obey God, if you want to be blessed, good measure, you're going to obey God whether you're a member or not. I hope I make you so mad you write the fattest check you can write. Because as soon as I get through with this pain, this off, I'm going to do something else for the kingdom. As soon as I have lunch with this brother and this brother here today, I'm, I'm, coming, I'm coming over and I'm going to reach a hand over to South America. Uh, we, are, we are building churches in, in, in the Philippines. We are building churches in India. We have projects in Africa. We have projects here. We got a lot of projects. But brother, we, if, you, if I got some bread, you got some bread. If I got a house and it's raining and you need to come out of it, you come in my house. Somebody say amen. If I got a car and somebody needs a ride and they won't take advantage of me, I'll give them a ride because the kingdom of God is two is better than one and ten is better than five. We need each other. Stand up to your feet all over this house and thank God with your hands that God has chosen you. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, clap your hands. Clap your hands under God. I want to praise you with my hands. I want to shout a hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Yes. Yes. My, 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 my. The last of the seven points. I don't know if you got it. I just threw it out there. Serving in ministry. Making connections. Building relationships. That's how you grow in the kingdom of God. I have an accountability partner I report to once a week. It's part of my course requirements for ten weeks. His name is Jerry Chitwood. He pastors the Point Church in Tacoa, Georgia. He is 70 years old this week. I said to Jerry, Jerry... I'm 58 years old. You're 70. 
what will you tell me about getting from 58 to 70 if Jesus allows me what to do? I wrote it down. I said to Jerry, I got these issues. I got some things going on. I, I told him about being, I had some resentment in me about a certain situation. I said, I've got resentment in me and it, it'll get to bitterness and it'll hinder my prayer. What do I do there? It has to do with a church issue, Charles. Not this church. My greatest accountability partner is sitting right on the front row at the end. Her name is Valerie. Everybody needs somebody to have them ask of them the tough questions. If you told somebody, I want to quit this habit, pray for me. Then let them give them the right to ask you if you're still doing it two months out. Help me here. You told somebody, I want to, I got an issue with drugs or alcohol or profanity, pornography. Find somebody who's beat the devil in that area and stay with them. Can I get an amen? We need each other. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Bow, 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 bow your heads. Father, forgive me if I came across cocky and arrogant and egotistical. Sometimes my zeal cannot keep pace with your common sense and wisdom. But I don't apologize, Lord, for the content. I may need to apologize for the tone. But the message is the same. Oh, God. I want to hear this church spoken over it. Well done, South Metro Ministries. Well done. I don't want to perform for them, and they don't want to perform for me, and neither do we want to perform for you. We just want to, we just want to be disciples. You say, Pastor Matura, I've been in a spiritual boneyard like Ezekiel's dry bones. And I need for God to speak to these bones. And they're rattling right now, but they need to put on some flesh. When they put on flesh, they're still dead. But I need the Holy Ghost to send His wind to breathe on me, Pastor. I need fresh oil, fresh fire, fresh anointing. Matter of fact, Pastor, I'm not even saved. I used to be saved, but I'm going back now. And I know I'm wrong. And if I die, I'm not going to heaven. And I just need Jesus. This is serious business. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Pastor, I'm, I'm talking to those of you that know if you die today or Jesus comes today, you ain't going. And you know it. You know that you ain't got Jesus fooled. And I'm not going to ask you to stand up in front of all these people and be embarrassed. Or, but I'm, it's not embarrassing to raise your hands if you need the Lord. But I'm not going to put a microphone in front of you or a camera that way. But if you say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Thank you. Hold it up a moment. Thank you. Thank you very much. Put it down. Please. Pastor Matura, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. But I need to grow up some more. Like you, Pastor, I need to get out of some of these wildernesses. I mean, I need to quit blaming somebody else and measuring my spirituality by somebody else's lack of spirituality. I don't want to measure myself by any standard but by the Word of God. Pastor, I need a refilling, a retouch, a revisitation of the Holy Ghost. Raise up your hand. Raise up, yeah, I thought we'd have a lot. Yeah. Now, everybody, raise up both of your hands to the Lord. Repeat after me. Everybody repeat out loud after me. Lord Jesus, I confess that I need you. I need a Savior. And there's only one. His name is Jesus. I believe, Jesus, that you are the Son of God. You died on the cross. Took my sins. 
bore my punishment and given me, if I take it, the gift of eternal life. I choose that gift today. I confess my sins, wash them away, and make me new in you. And Lord Jesus, I've been on this journey as a Christian, but I've pitched my tent in some dry places. I've gotten used to it. And now, I don't want to live there anymore. I want to go higher and deeper with you. Fill me for the first time or again with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me with a baptism of boldness so you can count on me, Jesus. Amen. You prayed that prayer, any kind of prayer, come to the altar. Come. If you prayed after me, fill up this altar. Everybody that wants to get closer, step out. Raise up your hands. Sing. Sing. When you get up here, raise up your hands. I don't care if you've been saved 40 years, 4 years, or 4 hours. Come. I want more of God. If you want more of God, come. 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 Come.